verses 11 through 18. And the scripture reads, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she, st she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lain, had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Well, this past week, I had the privilege of officiating the funeral of a, a dear, dear friend. It was an unexpected occasion. And yet it was, once again, a wonderful opportunity to hear people reflect on the life of a dear and godly and beloved woman. She was a precious saint, and all who knew her loved her dearly. And yet while it was a precious time, it was nonetheless beloved, a time of grieving and, and loss. Now that's what death is. It's a time of grief. A time of loss. It's a time of mourning and a time of, of pain. And speaking with one of the uh, family members following the funeral, she remarked to me, that she was just experiencing the finality of it all. Indeed, that is what funerals do. They, they help us to manage the finality of the loss. They massage our grief. And as difficult as it can be, funerals allow us, allow us to say our final goodbyes and to experience the comfort and consolation of a community that is experiencing that grief together. Funerals give us one last memory of the one that we love. And this is what that family was experiencing this past week. And believe it or not, beloved, this is what Mary Magdalene was looking for when she went to the tomb on that first Easter morning. 
recall that the crucifixion had been a shock. It has sent shock waves through the collective psyche of the disciples. I mean, the church scattered. The disciples ran for the hills. Jesus had promised to build his church, but with the death and crucifixion of Jesus, there didn't seem as if there was much left to that promise. The disciples themselves were scattered and they were scared. The Pharisees and the religious leaders, they were reveling in Passover and even more reveling in their supposed victory at the death of Jesus. Because Jesus was dead. He had been so for a few days. And the disciples probably thought they were next. Then the Bible says, in the midst of all of this, uncertainty, fear and despair, grief and loss, in the midst of all this, on the morning of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and a couple other women, women if you look in the other text, a couple other ladies, went to the tomb of Jesus. And they went to the tomb of Jesus hoping to honor him with some spices and some oils, hoping to have the opportunity to grieve together and to say their final goodbyes. They were going to a funeral. They had not been able to attend to the body of Jesus after the crucifixion. They did not receive the body. They were not able to attend that service. So after some of the excitement had died down, and Passover was gone, the ladies decided that they were going to have their own service. They were going to go and say goodbye to Jesus in their own way. That's what they went to do. That's what they went to do. They were going to have their own ceremony, and they were going to remember the love and they were going to grieve the loss. But when they arrived at the tomb, the Bible says that they quickly noticed that the tomb was open. The rock that was in front of the tomb that they did not know how they were going to manage to move was somehow moved. And the tomb was open. 
And when they looked in, not only was the tomb open, but the tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was gone. Was gone. Now, that's not shocking to us, okay? Because we quickly get to the resurrection. See? That doesn't shock us. Because we know about the resurrection. But when Mary got to the tomb, and she saw that not only was Jesus dead, but Jesus was gone. He was dead and gone. She was doubly devastated. Can you imagine? Just that quickly, someone had stolen the body. Not only was her Lord dead, but now he was gone. She couldn't even view him. Just that quickly, they had stolen the body. And the Bible says that Mary ran. She ran from, from the tomb, and she ran to the only place that she knew to run. It was to the disciples. She ran to Peter, and she ran to John, verse 2 of chapter 20. And she comes to them, and she says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. She was frantic. She was dismayed. She was breathless. The Bible says that the disciples, as we saw last week, Peter and John, they came, they saw, and in verse 10, they ran back home. They came, they saw, and they ran back home. Why? Were they scared? Probably so. I'm sure Peter looked at John, and John looked at Peter, and they probably thought that whoever took the body might still be in the area. We got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And they ran. But notice, Mary didn't run. Mary didn't hide. You know what Mary did? Mary wept. Mary wept. And she wept because she had come there to worship. 
But because she didn't run and because she didn't hide, she wept, she worshiped, and she left rejoicing. Mary did. But she wept. She wept. She stood weeping. The men ran away. Again. It's like the first time the disciples ran, beloved. They ran away again. The tomb was empty and the disciples were gone. But more importantly, as far as Mary was concerned, Jesus was gone. And so notice what the Bible says in verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. She wept. She shed real, passionate tears. And it's something that we learn from her tears, beloved. We learned that her tears were loud. Her tears were loud. When the Bible says that Mary stood weeping, the idea is that she was crying out loud. Her lament was strong. It is a type of lament that is descriptive of those who suffer deep and personal loss. Is the idea that the Bible communicates to us in Matthew chapter 2 and, and verse 18. When Herod is looking for Jesus and can't find Jesus, and so therefore he sends out the call to kill all the male babies. And the Bible says a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel reaping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. That's Mary. Weeping at this deep loss as one would weep at the loss of a child. Loud and wailing. It is the idea that Jesus experienced in Mark chapter 5 when he goes to the house of the ruler whose child has died. And when Jesus gets to the house, the Bible says in Mark 5 and 38, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. It is this type of experience that Mary is having outside the tomb. She wasn't silent in her tears. She was not reserved in her emotions. Her tears were loud. And the reason her tears were loud is because her loss was great. And so her tears 
reflected her loss. They were loud, and therefore they reflected her loss. She had come to see Jesus. And the last time she saw him, he was being crucified. His body was beaten, and his blood was being shed. This time, she had come to see something different. She had been with Jesus for quite a while now. And Luke chapter 8, verse 3, tells us that she had been among those who provided for Jesus during his life. And she was ready now as she approaches the tomb to provide for Jesus in his death as well. That was her goal. She had served her Lord in his life. She was there to serve him in his death. But not only was Jesus dead, now Jesus was gone. And there was nobody to care for. And as, as, as if losing Jesus to the cross was not enough, now she was losing him to the crooks. The cross had took his life. The crooks had took his body. Pilate had took his life, and now the thieves and the profiteers had taken his body. She couldn't save him from the cross, and now she couldn't even serve his body after death. And she wept loud. Her tears were real. Her sorrow was heavy. You know why, beloved? You know why she wept so loud and experienced such loss? It's because her heart was full of love. And these were tears of love. Tears of love. What brought Mary to the tomb that morning? What brought her? Well, it wasn't faith. It wasn't hope. What brought Mary to the tomb was love. Mary loved Jesus. And where there is great love, there is great loss. And this caused her to weep loudly. She loved her Lord. That's what love does. Love moves us to weep what it does. When it's deep, when it's real, it moves us to weep. In John chapter 11, the Bible tells us that at the tomb of Lazarus, 
when Jesus got there, the Bible says that Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Our Lord cried openly and visibly. And in John eleven thirty six, 36, those who saw Jesus crying, you know what they said? They said, see how he loved him. That's what love does. That's what Percy Sledge said. When a man loves a woman, can't keep his mind on nothing else. He'll trade the world for the good thing he's found. What about when you find the love of Jesus? Mary said, can't keep my mind on nothing else. And her tears, her tears flowed. That's what love does. Love moves us. It should. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, the Bible tells us that love is the greatest of virtues. Love is the highest of our motivations. Love is the reason Jesus came into the world. Love is the reason Jesus died. Love is the source of our obedience. It is the substance of our worship. It is the ground of our salvation, and it is the glory of our sanctification. Christianity is rooted and grounded in love. God's love for us, our love for God, and our love for each other. Why was Mary at the tomb that day, beloved? Mary was not weeping because she hoped Jesus was alive. She knew he wasn't. Mary wasn't weeping because she had faith that he was going to be resurrected because she didn't. She was weeping because she loved Jesus. And that makes weeping okay. That makes weeping okay. When my mother would spank us, she would often say, in the middle of it or right after, stop crying before I give you something to cry about. And I would think, you already did. <laughs> Beloved, Mary had something to cry about. And weeping was okay. Weeping was right because where there is great love and great loss, we should expect loud weeping. And yet, Jesus appears this morning to remind us 
that though our weeping might be loud, and though our weeping may be full of loss, because he is Jesus, our weeping won't last. However amount of tears you cry, Jesus promises that they won't last. You do know that Mary hadn't come to the tomb to cry. She had come to the tomb to worship. What did her love for Jesus do? It moved her to want to come that morning to worship and honor him. That's what it had done. And why was it Mary Magdalene that was there that morning? Why was it Mary? Not the 11 of the disciples, not even the inner circle of Peter and, and John, why was it Mary? Not even Mary, the mother of Jesus. Why Mary Magdalene? Because love moved her to love, which moved her to worship. And she knew the love that Jesus had shown her. Her life had not been a good one, beloved. Her life had not been a good one. In fact, it had probably been a living hell. And the Bible tells us, Luke chapter 8 and, and verse 2, that Mary Magdalene was a woman out of whom Jesus had cast seven demons. Seven demons. And knowing what demons do, it is not hard to imagine the lifestyle of sin and the lifestyle of shame that she had been subjected to when Jesus found her. And like the woman in Luke chapter 7 who comes to Jesus, when Jesus is having a meal at the house of the Pharisees, and this woman who was a woman off the street, who was a woman of ill repute, this woman comes off the street into this sophisticated home, kneels down at the feet of Jesus with her box of alabaster, and she kneels at his feet, and to the amazement of everyone there, she begins to wash his feet with her tears and to dry his feet with her hair, to anoint his feet with this perfumed oil, and to kiss. The Lord's feet. And when the religious leaders there question her actions, you know what Jesus said? 
In Luke chapter 7 and verse 47, the greater the forgiveness, the greater the love. And the greater the love, beloved, the greater the worship. The greater the worship. Beloved, there is a depth of love that comes to those who realize the depth of God's mercy. There is a power in worship that is realized by those who know the greatness of their sin and even the greaterness of God's grace. And even the angels don't understand this. The angels don't know anything about this. For when Mary looked into the tomb and she saw these two sitting there, they asked her, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Well, beloved, she was weeping because the one she loved was gone. She was weeping because she wanted to once again just say one more time, thank you. She wanted one more time to say thank you for saving me. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for your mercy and thank you for your grace. And the angels don't know this. The angels don't understand that. That's what the Bible says. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. These are the things that the angels long to understand. This love and devotion. The depth of this devotion belongs to those whose sins have been forgiven. The depth of this worship belongs to those who know how amazing is his grace. Why are you weeping, Mary? And Mary would say, you weren't there the night he found me. You didn't feel what I felt when he wrapped his love all around me. You don't know the cost. You don't know the cost of this oil. You don't know the cost of this praise. That's why we sing the song. I cannot tell just how you felt when Jesus washed your sins away. But since that day, ever since that hour, God has been real, for I can feel his holy power. Why are you weeping, Mary? Mary was weeping because she had Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. And listen, beloved, listen, listen. Mary didn't come to the tomb looking for angels. She was not there looking for angels. Mary was looking to worship. She hadn't come seeking a miracle. She just came 
seeking Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Because we're told over and over again, aren't we? That you should come expecting a miracle. Expect your miracle. Expect your miracle. Expect your miracle. Beloved, let me explain something to you. Miracles don't happen every day. Because if miracles happened every day, guess what? They wouldn't be miracles. Miracles, by definition, are unusual, uncommon, inexplicable events. And worship is not coming and expecting a miracle. Worship is seeking Jesus. Seeking Jesus. And so, I want to suggest to you this morning that don't come to East Point Church seeking a miracle. Come to East Point Church seeking Jesus. And you know what you'll discover? You'll discover what Mary discovered. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And you come. Come with your tears. Come with your pain. Come with your loss. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to leave rejoicing knowing that Jesus is alive. Alive. And that's what she found out. That's what she found out. And she came weeping, but she left rejoicing. After speaking with those angels, after telling the angels, Why she had come there, the Bible says that Mary heard another voice. It was still dark. It was still dark, and and so it was difficult to make out faces. But she heard a voice from behind. And she heard him ask what the other two had already asked. Why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? And Mary, through the darkness, said, Sir, I didn't come here this morning for all this drama. Okay? I just came to see Jesus. And if you know where he is, please tell me. And I'll take it. I'll take it. And again, beloved, again, listen, listen. Mary didn't go to the tomb looking for a miracle. She just wanted to see Jesus. And through her tears, and in spite of her loss, she just came there to serve her Lord. She came to worship. She came looking for Jesus. And what did she find? Suddenly, the voice became most familiar when it cried out, Mary. 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 
And immediately, beloved, immediately, she knew. It was a voice unmistakable because it was the voice of her shepherd. And Jesus had promised, didn't he, in John chapter 10 and verse 27, that my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they followed me. And when he called her name, everything changed. When he called her name, everything changed. He gave her beauty for ashes. He gave her strength for fear. He gave her joy for mourning. He brought her peace in despair when he called her name. That's what the Bible says. Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy Joy comes in the morning. Suddenly, all of a sudden, beloved, it was resurrection morning. Jesus is alive. She had come to the tomb sowing seeds of sorrow. She would leave the tomb reaping shouts of praise. That's what happens when you come into worship seeking Jesus. That's all. That's all. Just come looking for Jesus. And the Bible says she ran. She ran. She ran and found Peter. She ran and found John. And while no doubt they were still there debating what had happened at the tomb, Mary breaks in and says, excuse me, boys, excuse me, but y'all left too early. I'm here to tell you I heard the voice of Jesus. I looked upon the face of the master. I touched the body of our living Lord. And I'm here to tell you, get up, Peter. Jesus is alive. Get up, John. Jesus is alive. Get up because I serve a risen Savior. And he's in the world today, and I know he is risen no matter what men may say. Why? Because I've seen his hand of mercy and I've heard his voice of cheer. And just when I needed him, Peter, he was standing right there. Right there when I needed him most. And beloved, he's here. He's right here. You come seeking Jesus, and he'll be right there. And it will be well with your soul. You bring your tears. You bring your grief. You bring your loss. You bring your shame. You bring your sin. 
You just come seeking Jesus. He'll be right there. And he'll give you beauty for your ashes. He'll give you strength for your feet. Joy for your mourning. And peace for your despair. If you will just come seeking Jesus. He's alive. Jesus is alive. And he's here. He's here. He's here.